0: Welcome back to the Contemporary Educators podcast, a podcast dedicated to all my fellow teachers out there who are trying to balance the many demands placed on the Contemporary Educator. I'd like to start by acknowledging that I live on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen peoples of the Esquimalt and Songhees nations, and I'm a settler to these lands, and it is a privilege to uh, be able to work and learn on this land. So today's topic is one that I am hearing come up a lot, particularly in trauma-informed practice uh, workshops that I've been doing and folks that I've been talking to about trauma-informed practice, and that is cell phones. And I know that some schools have like a specific cell phone policy where students are not allowed to have cell phones in school or they've banned cell phones in particular classrooms or what, whatever the case may be. This may not apply to you specifically if you are in one of those schools but what I'm going to be talking about is the use of cell phones in classrooms and the impacts that that has on students for worse or for better and how we can navigate some of those challenging uh, situations that can arise from the use of cell phones to start cell phones themselves are not inherently problematic and even cell phone use in class isn't necessarily inherently problematic. And I'm probably by the end of this, you're gonna be like, what is her stance on cell phones? Uh, and that's fair because I, I change my mind pretty frequently, but the bottom line is, you know, as we as we move forward in this particular episode, I'm actually in favor of having cell phones in class. So let me just preface it all by saying that. I'm in favor of having cell phones in class. Are they always useful? No. Uh, Can they be a distraction? Yes, but this episode is going to talk mostly about why I'm in favor of cell phones in classes. The other thing that I want to really clarify here is that this is anecdotal evidence and anecdotal research based on my own experiences and the experiences of some of my colleagues and the experiences from my students' perspectives. At a later date i'm likely to revisit this topic and talk more about it in terms of uh, specific research that has been done on a developing brain specific research that maybe targets teenagers learning patterns and the impacts of cell phone use on on their ability to learn or absorb information but that's not what this episode is doing this episode is looking at it specifically from a trauma-informed lens and the implications of restricting cell phone use and taking cell phones away when we're talking about trauma for young people. Cell phones exist. There's nothing that we can do about that at this point and so we can't go back to whatever we think the simpler generation was when they didn't have cell phones because they are there and our students have them, Nine times out of 10, every single student in our room is going to have their own cell phone on their body, they're accessing social media through it, they're texting, they're video chatting, whatever they're doing, they're doing lots of different things using their cell phones. Now, what we often see in class, and I think what a lot of teachers find problematic with cell phones, is students on their phones more than quote-unquote, paying attention. And I put paying attention in quotations because uh, our perception of attention and listening is often different than what's really happening. Young people, everybody actually, uh, has a different manner of listening and we don't necessarily have to have eyes and ears and everything focused on the board and the teacher to be paying attention. So our perception of cell phones is that they're taking students out of learning, they're pulling them away from, from the focus uh, of what, it, what they should be focusing on, which is whatever the topic of conversation is in class. It's distracting, and they're not able to learn the material, and I'm interested in and, and maybe some folks can chime in at some point and send me some messages or, or send me an email or something. I'm interested to see if anybody has actually found that to be true. That the kids who have a cell phone or are using their cell phone in class are not completing their work. Because in my experience that hasn't been the case. So in my classroom and I'll I'll maybe just start by highlighting what I do. Excuse me. Um, I don't have a specific cell phone policy. I don't take cell phones away. Um, I don't restrict cell phone use and, uh, I don't like ban them or, or if I see a student is too quote unquote dependent on their cell phone, uh, I don't put it in a drawer or whatever or those like cell phone holders I know are really common at my school. I don't do that, and the reason for that is that I find that students who have their cell phones restricted are more likely to find sneaky ways to use their cell phone, uh, step out of class more often to connect with peers or counseling support or whatever because it heightens anxiety and they're more likely to uh, actually find other ways to distract themselves and sometimes cell phones are helpful sometimes they can research and look things up and and actually do specifically their work on their cell phone so instead of putting in a classroom specific policy i have a conversation with students at the beginning of the year that i just say hey i am not going to take your cell phone away but It is important that you pay attention in class. So if you are finding that your phone is a distraction, or if I'm noticing that your phone is becoming a distraction, I'm going to ask you to put it away. I don't mind if it's sitting on your desk. I don't mind if you have it in your pocket. I don't care if you take 30 seconds to answer a text message while I'm talking. That doesn't bother me. But if it's becoming 30 minutes of class time and you've done nothing but look at your phone, then we're going to have to have a conversation about what that phone use is going to look like in the future. And most of the time, this is enough to, for students to actually keep their cell phones away the majority of the time. They leave them in their backpacks or in their pockets and I rarely see them. When I do see them, it's that 30 second answering a quick text message or like researching something or whatever but it hasn't pulled them so far out of class that they can't get back into it. Cell phones have become a self-regulatory tool, a way for students to emotionally regulate, and when they're feeling flooded with emotion and, uh, and anxiety and stress, it's a tool for them to get back to baseline. Is it an ideal tool? No, of course not it can be problematic in and of itself but that's not really for us to decide as the classroom teacher when our goal is a group of regulated young people who can learn optimally and we're not really in a position as classroom teachers to redirect self-regulation when we've got 30 other kids in the room who are also trying to self-regulate in possibly very different ways now we can teach mindfulness we can teach other self-regulation tools and I really encourage this and have talked about this in other episodes of my podcast and episodes of my or sorry and on blog posts where I specifically highlight strategies that you can implement just like little one-offs or you know consistently implementing them every day uh, in your lesson plan and in your curriculum to develop more self-regulation strategies for students and more mindful students but We are fighting a bit of an uphill battle here, because not every teacher is going to be using those strategies, and when we are particularly in high school, having students who rotate through different classes every single day, we're seeing students at very different levels of their emotional well-being and regulation. As much as we can implement a lot of these strategies, we can't guarantee that other folks are, and we can't guarantee that students are using those strategies in their day-to-day life, because they're work. They are extra work. And for some students who are in a state of more intense emotional distress, anything that feels like extra work, even if it's helpful long-term, is going to feel like too much. So teaching students about a mindfulness activity is great when they are close to baseline or uh, anxiety is still reasonably manageable. But for some students, that kind of home quote-unquote homework uh, can be can be too much and this is where cell phones come in. This is where we start to see students who are self-regulating by grabbing their cell phones and if you pay close attention, students who are using their phones to self-regulate versus students who are just checking out for no reason, it looks quite different. So what you might see is a student who grabs their phone and it looks like they're scrolling pretty frantically where they're not really necessarily absorbing what they're seeing, but you just kind of see a constant scroll happening. And that's usually because they're already feeling really flooded and they're looking for that quick endorphin release that social media or YouTube or whatever can sometimes provide. You might see them frantically scrolling with no really clear, like focus on the social media itself it's more they're already overstimulated, and they're looking for stimulation oddly enough they're looking for stimulation that is uh going to help change focus like a cute cat video or like something their friend posts or whatever and so uh it's it's being used as a tool to come back to baseline so that they can listen and focus on you again Another thing you might notice is while the student's scrolling, it might not be quite so frantic, but there's a lot of a lot of anxiety in their body. And anxiety can manifest a lot of different ways, but physically when we're noticing it and we're able to observe a physical response to anxiety, we might notice bouncing legs, we might notice them kind of like playing with their hands or fidgeting a lot with their fingers, they might have a ring that they are... are rotating around or taking on and off again Uh, they might be playing with their hair or braiding it and unbraiding it and then braiding it and then unbraiding it you might have students who if they're allowed to wear hats in school they might pull their hat down really low and then sink really low into their chair these are all signs that a student is struggling with self-regulation and having their cell phone there might actually be a helpful tool in the moment to self-regulate You're not going to have success teaching other regulation strategies if a student is already flooded, if they're already overwhelmed and they're past what they feel is a point of no return. You might have success teaching regulation strategies if they're able to bring themselves back to baseline, which might mean that you have to use unconventional methods to be able to do that, like for instance, letting them use their cell phone. Another thing that young people who struggle with anxiety uh, will often do with their phone is reach out to their peers when they are really struggling. In the middle of a class, while you're teaching or lecturing, you might not be able to stop everything and go and check in on a student, and a student might not feel comfortable coming to you, whether you're actively teaching or circulating the room. They're not always comfortable coming to you to say, hey, having a really tough time right now, uh, and I don't know what to do. But they will reach out to their peers. They'll send them a message or start chatting with somebody so that they can get that support that they need. Taking a cell phone away from this particular type of student is going to cause them to have much more difficulty staying in your classroom. This is when you'll notice that a student's anxiety builds past the point of being able to self-regulate where they then have to leave the room to find self-regulation. They might have to leave school completely and they might not come back the next day. This is a student who is likely so flooded that they will go and sit in the hallway until a friend can come back to them or take their phone and go to the hallway because that's the only way that they've been given permission to reach out to their support system. This is also true of our young people who experience anxiety and self-harm to cope with anxiety or depression. Quite often, when a student has developed a safety plan with a counselor, one of the things that's on their safety plan is, who can you talk to when you are extremely emotionally distressed and thinking about suicide or thinking about self-harm? Usually on that list is a lot of friends. And, um, of course a, a counselor is going to put themselves on that list and, um, you know, maybe a parent or whomever, like a school counselor or whatever, they're going to try to get healthy adults on the list too, but they're also going to have their peers on that list. And we're delusional if we think that young people don't self-harm while they're physically at school because they do a lot. And so if we are taking away one of their tools, one of their, 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 safety pl- part of their safety plan is to have a phone and be able to reach out to people. It's not our business to know that as teachers, it's none of our business. Sometimes we'll be privy to that information depending on the extent of a student's self-harm or ideation, suicidal ideation, but we aren't always privy to that information. And so we, if we're taking cell phones away and that's part of a safety plan, then that's problematic too. Of course, yes, there's lots of difficult things that come with students having a cell phone on them, but there's lots of difficult things that come from a student not having a cell phone on them. And for the odd student, you know, just the couple of students in your class who are being irresponsible with their device, is it worth creating a sense of dread, anxiety, fear, all of these other emotions, inability to self regulate and take care of themselves? in 28 other kids. It, it's not, to me it's not worth it. The other thing to be mindful of is that when students are able to develop that kind of responsibility around their device, like we're all, it's so funny that the paradox in teaching where you always hear, well, they need to learn this in real life. They're gonna to have to you know, figure out how to take tests so that they can be successful. And we're not doing them any favors if we are easy on them or we let them retest. Real life doesn't give you retests. You hear that kind of thing all the time in education, which is really funny to me. But then in real life, we're allowed to have our cell phones on us. I don't have the principal asking me to check my cell phone in when I walk in the building every single day. If I need to answer a text message, and it takes me 30 seconds to do so, I'm allowed to do that. We only want kids to learn quote unquote real life when it's convenient for our teaching strategy. We don't want kids to learn real life when we find it interferes with how we want to teach. It's not about what's best for our students, it's about what is best for us teaching. This isn't meant to condemn any teachers who do have a cell phone policy or any teachers who refuse to retest. It's just the irony that I'm acknowledging here because it it is ironic. (laughs) Uh, But for students who are are specifically struggling with self-regulation, I really encourage you to consider your cell phone policy and consider what it could be like to let students have cell phones with them in class and consider how you could have those kinds of conversations with students at the beginning of the, the term, because students are really receptive to transparency. And so if you are open about why you let students have their cell phones, and you say, I know that cell phones can help you self-regulate, I hope that over time you develop more helpful and healthy ways to self-regulate. But for now, if that's what you need, I can support that. But then I also need to trust, as your teacher, I need to trust that you're not using self-regulation as your excuse to not pay attention in class. I need to trust that when you have your cell phone on you, you will be able to still be present here. That your work won't suffer. That you will be able to ask for help if you need it. Most of the time, students really value and appreciate being treated like they're adults and that they're responsible and and reasonable people and like they're humans and they will respond responsibly in my classes i rarely have students who become cell phone dependent to the point where they are not paying attention in class if a student isn't going to find success in your class it's not because of the cell phone If a student isn't going to find success in your class, it's lots of other contributing factors. It's parental support. It's trauma. It's uh, anxiety and depression and other mental health-related issues. It's because they don't feel seen or heard or valued by you personally. It's because they don't understand your subject matter, but they have never been in a space where they can self-advocate for themselves, and they don't know how to do it now. There's a lot of reasons that students aren't going to find success. The cell phone isn't one of them. And if we're being really honest here, if the cell phone is one of them, what a perfect learning opportunity for students to have natural consequences where they narrow in too much on the cell phone that they neglect their schoolwork and they realize they're not getting the grade that they want. That's a natural consequence. We don't need to self-impose. So. All of this to say, like, I know that cell phones can be problematic, but I encourage you to consider reviewing your cell phone policy if you have the, if you have the uh, agency to do so. And I also encourage you to uh, talk to your colleagues and to your administrators about your cell phone policies as well, because I think it can be really helpful for everybody to be on the same page about uh, cell phone use. It's also a good idea to check in with your inclusive ed team and your counseling team to talk about students who may be using cell phones as self-regulation tools because those folks might be in a better position to teach other self-regulation tools as well. So I'd be really interested to hear from you. What's your school's cell phone policy? Do they have one? What's your classroom cell phone policy? And what do you notice to be inherently problematic with cell phone use in class? And what have you taken from this particular episode? I've kept it nice and short and sweet today because I'm, I'm mostly, like I said, speaking anecdotally and from a trauma-informed lens, being mindful about self-regulation and being mindful of uh, students' needs for autonomy in your classroom. And let's face it, their personal belongings are their personal belongings and help them to feel autonomous in your space when they're able to uh, manage their own belongings and so yeah like hit me up either through email on my website www.thecontemporaryeducator.com or you can find me on Instagram at teach.emote.repeat and you can just send me a DM or shoot me a message any way you see fit but I'm really eager to hear your different perspectives on cell phone use in classes because i know it can be a controversial one thank you so much for tuning in and i hope to hear from you soon